Welcome to Transition, Gadgets 360's gaming and pop culture podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about a fantastic science fiction novel called Starship Troopers. Okay, so Starship Troopers is a novel written by Robert Heinlein. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, it's a controversial military science fiction novel. We'll get to the controversial part in a bit. This is a novel that was written in 1958 and 1959, published first in 1959. And about the author, he's one of the big three in terms of science fiction. So the big three are Arthur C. Clarke, Isaac Asimov, and Robert Heinlein. So he has a massive body of work, and Starship Troopers is a novel in which there's a war going on between humans and two other alien races. So we'll be discussing this novel in this episode of Transition. And let me introduce the people who are going to be on the podcast first. So we have Akil Kolamboala. He does something with apps in NDTV. He, if if there is any problem with any NDTV <laughs> app, you just contact him immediately. I'll, I'll put his email ID in, Thank in the show notes. Thank you very much, Pranay. Yeah. <laughs> and we also have Kavaljeet Singh Bedi, who's like the boss of my boss and his boss. <laughs> so everybody will be nice to him on this podcast. <laughs> Hello, troopers. All this controversy <laughs> is correct. We agree. <laughs> So, uh, and I'm your host, uh, Pranay Parab, and we've, this is like the book club episode of uh, Transition, and this is probably my favorite kind of episode, because we get to sit here and talk about our favorite science fiction novels. So, I think we should start about uh, this novel by talking about the controversy first, because... We should give a disclaimer that this will definitely be full of spoilers. Yeah, man, but a yeah. book published in 1959, you haven't read it till today, then too bad. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> if you've seen the film, again, <laughs> the book is very you've different. You've not lost anything if you've seen the film, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the fi- book, film didn't spoil the book at all. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, to give a brief background about the author, he served in the United States uh, Army, was it? Or was it? Navy, Navy? I in uh, Navy uh, between 1929 and 1934. So that was peacetime, if uh, I mean my history is correct. I think World War II began about, what, five years after his time in the Navy was over due to a medical discharge, I believe. So <laughs> that kind of shows, I mean, it's, it's a really funny thing where there's an author like Joe Haldeman who wrote Forever War, which is like a totally anti-war book, but he served during wartime. Hmm. So I think he was so scarred by it that he decided that war is not for anybody. <laughs> and this guy, he served during peacetime and, you know, his entire novel is basically a recruitment drive, complete warmongering <laughs> happening throughout the book. So, yeah, I mean, the most controversial thing in this I found was that... Uh, yeah, and I think yeah. he was influenced by the Korean War, which was going on in yeah. US then. So yeah, and I he calls Korean it a so-called war in, right. in this book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he keeps making fun of all human wars uh, throughout. But the most controversial thing in this is that he wrote this as a way to support the United States um, military, I mean, nuclear testing program. At that time, there were a bunch of people who were opposing that and Heinlein stopped writing the book that would eventually become Stranger in a Strange Land mm. and started writing this. And at that time, he was politically, like, not very popular. Mm. And even today, I think, you know, it's it's not probably the right position to take to yeah. but the military loves him this book is still in the u.s military recommended book list so yeah, <laughs> yeah well obviously it's a recruitment yeah. drive and they right. love it isn't, isn't it so yeah i mean uh, first theme is uh, obviously the you know constant warmongering in, yeah. in this book it's like you know like even from basic things like uh, there's a dispute between our lead character that's juan rico and uh, ace one of the sergeants yeah, yeah, in the book yeah. and they sort it out by going and bashing each other up in the yeah. toilet it's <laughs> very typical of how you know movies show yeah. army 
Yeah. Right? Like people are fighting but they're friends, right? Yeah. Everything is fair. I think a lot of books and movies must be inspired by this book. You know, so many themes, so many ideas that this book has, I guess taken from real life, but yeah. if you read this book, you will realize a lot of it including you know fighting between uh, comrades fighting between army uh, you know like the whole relationship between the drill master and yeah, the, yeah, and the yeah. recruits all that is in this book which so, you see in yeah. every movie yeah. that's yeah. based on war there's yeah, like a drill master is actually this yeah. you know evil so person who hates now, you yeah. 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 yeah but actually he he has a soft heart he makes yeah. mistakes too right. he really cares about you he just wants to ensure that the army is you know so pure and so yeah. full of all these and amazing people and he can't show people. that he cares about you yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that that i mean basically this book uh, came ahead of its time i i still would yeah. say it's very valid today which yeah. is you know pretty rare for books written in the early, late 50s yeah. or 60s yeah, it would be interesting to know how many people read this book i know pranay you read it when you were a young boy and wanted yeah. to join the <laughs> army after reading this book so how many people actually joined the army or took up uh, you know this idea of this whole if not fascist but uh, some kind of you know right wing fight for your country mm-hmm. angle after reading the book obviously it's still in the us military and uh, i think the vietnam war happened after this yeah. so it would be interesting to see how many people did get inspired reading this book i'm sure a lot of them would have yeah. it glorifies honest. war in yeah. many ways yeah anyway patriotic fervor is like the theme of the day even today right and which is one like of the failing points of the book because it shows you all the positives of war but right. none of the negatives yeah. right like so many of his friends die in battle and he just moves on and he's like okay yeah. here are my new squad mates any relationships or deep deep relationships except for his parents yeah. who he gave up on right at the start of the book yeah. because he wanted to join the and army. then he found his dad later on which was a little yeah. odd his father who like didn't like him joining the army yeah. ends up joining the army yeah. himself so everything is good yeah i really join the like army. how he comes and joins the army and then says that i wanted to be a man but i was yeah. a businessman right <laughs> <laughs> which is where the book kind of fails it doesn't yeah. show you any of the negatives yeah also shows yeah. i mean some of the like uh, so i don't know if you guys noticed it he doesn't really go into deep science and all hmm. like he says the military will get you your mail but he does not mention that it's coming on paper even in space right, yeah. right? Yeah. so very cleverly he avoids that Correct. so but some other things like societal relationships and all that's where like his age starts showing like the hmm. age of the book right. because uh, first of all the way they talk about women as if they are some other species right. like, you know that yeah there's uh, a dialogue somewhere like I took women for granted yeah, and then yeah, yeah. even yeah. they walk very differently yeah. like <laughs> like and how bulky I'm guessing he's at least a teenager about, right yeah. <laughs> if not like in his yeah. 20s and he talks about women like that yeah as if you know you've never really seen yeah. a woman and they keep discussing that bulky 30 duty you know just standing outside that door maybe you'll hear a, a woman's, woman's voice, voice yeah <laughs> yeah So, so it it is a little dated on some of these yeah. concepts there But are concepts like slightly ahead of its time because women are serving full time in the navy if not in the army yeah. at least and he d- does say that they are the best uh, pilots, pilots yeah. and yeah. i think he makes up for it because he starts by saying something like uh, you don't want to be in a ship which is commanded by a, uh, a by, woman, yeah, yeah, yeah by a woman pilot because they are very uncomfortable and then mm. he says but they are the best and you know yeah. they will put you in the orbit yeah. and all it's that. almost so like after writing he realized oh yeah. no i'm <laughs> slandered to too much yeah. <laughs> 
yeah so that uh, relationship with women is something that uh, is definitely it's really dated. odd the way they talk about it like yeah. he talks about it in the book really it's extremely odd yeah I mean, if it, it would have been like totally ahead of its time mm-hmm. had he mentioned that women are also on combat drops yeah. which in this case like i don't really see why not yeah, you know because absolutely. it's i mean i don't think there's uh, ever a mention of the year the bu- uh, book takes no, place in i don't think they mentioned yeah. the year i'm like, no, guessing it's super think the, far future the, one of the most interesting concept discussed in the book and it's actually in the first chapter are these mechanical suits that yeah. uh, these army personnel wear yeah. and it is so ahead of its time because imagine in the 1950s someone was talking about these pressurized suits that yeah, you can yeah. jump buildings with and you know like even today i think military still doesn't have a really practical exoskeleton so to say but it, this is a book written in the 50s and if women if these suits were so good i'm guessing women could have worn yeah. and be much more yeah. uh, especially you know. given that women are shown to have better reflexes right. and spatial alignment or yeah. whatever they call it yeah, yeah and ultimately spatial. like the suit is all about maths right exactly. you have to calculate your jumps and yeah. try, time your fire yeah. and all yeah. that which so also women are our hero says is yeah. very easy yeah. and yeah. walking into a suit walking in a suit is as normal as walking yeah. you know yeah. without so a natural suit. to yeah. get into one of these suits i think a hero even mentions that i've glossed over not mentioning the weapons and the dif- details yeah. of the suit because like i said the title of the show should be yeah. not a science fiction novel but a moral <laughs> science fiction novel yeah. Yeah. yeah because the whole book if you start reading the book you will get so excited because it starts like in the middle of a war and he explains these exoskeletons that they're wearing and mm. you know their battle strategies that's the first chapter and, and he shows the them next, firing mini nukes yes, which is really exciting <laughs> yeah and yeah. then in the next 12 chapters they are all about philosophy and you know what is right what is wrong there are so many moral science lessons so it's like a really weird book but i guess that's why it's such a classic and still spoken about because many of those moral science is still hold today hmm. uh, still good for discussing um, you know where our society is but yeah. it is not a science fi- sci-fi military novel it's actually a yeah. lot of philosophy and it's historical it's almost research. there i would say yeah, because minus the details about the actual science part of it yeah, yeah so you know then <laughs> then you're left with moral fiction <laughs> if you drop the science so yeah there's maybe like three chapters of military action yeah. and the rest is all like him yeah. learning how to fight him yeah, learning three how major to become battles, an officer right the first chapter with the skinnies there's the failed operation on kalendatu yeah and the final one on planet p i believe no right. planet p and then there's one more at the end where they are attacking kalendatu and Ha, which they right don't really there. show yeah. it's more like a we are yeah, in the preference. ships about to yeah, I mean, we can yeah. infer that humans won the war eventually because yeah. they really got to the bugs. yeah so that's like a you know anti climax the book yeah. ends with not actually giving into details of what happened yeah. and yeah. just a passing reference that Correct. yeah maybe humans won <laughs> yeah. and it's a very one sided view of the war because again you Rico wanted the bugs yeah, <laughs> point of view as well <laughs> no it's more like it's all about what rico knows right. rather than actually, what the isn't overall isn't oldman's wars subsequent s- novels from the point of view of the aliens no, no it's no. one the second book is from the point of view of ghost brigades right so yeah. one of the no it may be that enders war one enders of the enders game. war enders, enders game, game yeah, yeah. that yeah. that has the point of view of the aliens so yeah. well let's not the, let's not yeah. go there okay. <laughs> he doesn't like the yeah. book, you know? okay yeah. no that, i'm just saying that maybe akil was alluding to that part that they no, should no, have shown what, what the meant bugs to, are thinking what i meant to say was like humans winning is again from rico's perspective that yeah we winning because that's the propaganda that he's getting yeah. so, through the military so it's important to mention this is from yeah. first person yeah. Yeah. this whole novel is a first like, person like you know they show that we adapt like humans adapt so well to the bugs we make yeah. gas which kills them but what are the bugs doing are they just like dying yeah are yeah. they not adapting well the way? bugs killed the protagonist's mother so yeah. i guess <laughs> they know a thing or two about beating yeah. humans as well which is also not described pretty you know in yeah, detail yeah it's a reference he gets yeah, to know it's his just mother like a one line killed. you know 
Buenos Aires has been smeared. Yeah. We don't and know what it means. Mother dies in that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, one thing I noticed uh, here was that like this is almost like tunnel vision, right? Where like Rico is probably one of those you know ultra patriotic nationalist, almost fascist people. So we get to see everything from his point of view. But the world has all sorts of people, right? I mean, his. But he's not that initially. He becomes yeah. that after over camp. over a period yeah. of time. Yeah. yeah. So other people in the book, like they, we almost get no perspective from yeah. them. It's almost like they're all props. You know, character building is almost yeah. like and nil. they pretty much die if yeah you know maybe yeah, two three chapters yeah. in they die. Yeah, yeah. It took me a very long yeah. time the first uh, during the first read to understand that buying a farm actually means yeah. margay <laughs> or death. Is that what it meant? Okay. I thought actually like don't buy the farm means don't go there and buy land or something. It's a very common saying if you say. No, I think it's used for dogs. They have gone to that. So that's sending them to the farm. Yeah. Yeah, that was a reference okay <laughs> now i get it and, <laughs> and how they keep saying you'll buy a piece of it right. like, okay maybe that's a serious yeah. injury yeah yeah so <laughs> no but uh, you can see some of the concepts are dated because a lot of discussion is about uh, communism which not many people talk about now yeah. obviously girls the references to women and girls in this uh, novel is also a little weird and third is um, there's one more topic yeah like corporal punishment hmm. and uh, yeah. you know society. flogging and yeah, yeah. So yes, yeah some of these concepts are clearly out of the 50s yeah. yeah i mean if you thought that okay the best punishment for a child right now is to just flog him in front of everybody else so that he d- he yeah. behaves they discuss yeah. spanking in a lot of detail clearly yeah i yeah, mean he, that uh, happened to me when i was a child but if you do it yeah. today then yeah. probably yeah, like yeah i remember idea. when i was in school someone said to us that you know you know corporal punishment has been banned and teachers can't hit you and if if they do you can complain <laughs> well, to you your parents you were in a much better so school than <laughs> i was yeah. <laughs> yeah like it's it happened sometime in the 90s i would say like <laughs> suddenly there was this thing about teachers yeah. can't hit you and we were so happy that to try kar ab come on yeah. come at me <laughs> i'll complain against you <laughs> that was weird yeah, yeah but in the 50s obviously it was a yeah yeah but he describes like normal. he glorifies it he says that you know if you don't hit kids when they are young yeah. you know yeah. they'll eventually they turn into criminals a lot of moral science yeah. it yeah. discusses that if a uh, dog you know pees or something yeah. like you not hit up, it yeah. <laughs> he compares training of children to house breaking of puppies yeah. essentially yeah. No there are many concepts so there was yeah. one about uh, juvenile delinquents yeah. that uh, that there is nothing called juvenile delinquents because delinquency is like relinquishing your uh, moral duties right. and children can't have moral duties so it's basically the parents fault and society's yeah. fault so and children can't have it because they're never told how to have moral responsibilities right. what he's saying yeah, and so if you don't you know, punish them from an early age to know what the moral responsibility right. is how will they know it so that part is something mm-hmm. that i still agree with slightly because uh, i mean you know i would look at it as like a commentary on the failure of the juvenile justice system um, because if you look at what happens even in india in the juvenile justice system is that all these uh, kids uh, for these crimes they're sent to these uh, juvenile remand homes where they hang out with people kids who have yeah, like much yeah. more serious crimes than what they've done right so for example a kid who's uh, maybe stolen something could end up in the same home as some kid who's murdered somebody right. and that too like intentionally not always does it happen like unintentionally so that means that you're hanging out with people who could actually be a bad influence on you yeah. and eventually that could lead to a situation like what he describes which is yeah. you know all these no, gangs roaming around and yeah. doing yeah. crimes no i agree but with I think some by, of these points i think the bigger yeah. uh, takeaway was that that like at parents you should you know teach yeah. your children yeah. what is yeah. morally right or wrong by hitting them yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so that that was that was definitely I something i think violence was with. basically glorified a bit yeah. in the 
throughout yeah, the book. Yeah, even in the army, yeah. they show that if uh, one of these cadets did something wrong, mm. he was flogged. Mm. You know, like publicly, he was... Uh, but you know, that was to avoid a hanging. So, it's actually even worse. No, but that's no choice. <laughs> Either yeah, yeah. you flog no, or you hang someone. Even like, worse isn't because... Isn't there anything in between, like his, cleaning the toilets for yeah. one week? <laughs> like, why would you hang His someone? instructors were, like, more caring enough to save him by, you know, whipping him rather than letting him no, hang. But, uh, like I said, no, there no, should I be something I'm, in between whipping yeah. and hanging. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah, he just went a little yeah. too extreme. But I don't know, maybe that was like the military thing back in his day. Hmm. Right. So probably that could have been Plus the, the whole influence. idea that he was putting through was glorifying military by saying that, you know, these are the people who probably can rule the country better than what is happening right now. And I kind of agree a little on that point as well. Like today, anyone could become a politician, right? There is no how qualification. Do you say? Yeah, mm. anyone can do it. So, what makes them more qualified than, you know? Yeah, so what I did not understand Someone was else. how exactly they elected people because he says that you have to serve in the military at so least for two years. For voting. Is, for yeah. voting. Oh, yeah. actually so, for holding public office. Yeah, or so holding public office as well. So, you have to have had military service to be eligible for these things. Hmm. So, I mean, hmm. considering that they were like almost always at war, all yeah. these people. So, then what is really like... But it's not just army or navy or something. It's hmm. any military service. Yeah, hmm. you could be in yeah. the intelligence of the yeah. military service. You could you have a desk have job fighting. as well. But... Hmm. Yeah military service like you have yeah, to but have been a the only people servant. who were really given desk jobs were those who were like you know pr- probably lost their arms no and no legs not necessarily no. No. I think it no, describes in the, the book. movie yeah. no, <laughs> no, 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 no 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 but even in the book they describe his yeah. best friend Carter I Carl Carl. Yeah, like basically he wants to become a research, science or yeah, a military yeah, yeah. officer mm-hmm. uh, sorry research officer mm. and he gets it so he doesn't have to fight he wants to become a intelligence guy yeah. and he gets that only job. our Rico mm. is unqualified for any of the jobs yeah. but yeah. his <laughs> friends get the jobs they want Carmen yeah. becomes a pilot yeah so yeah the Denise Richards <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so in the movie That's actually just, let's, just let's actually go there I mean before we but one second before book. so about that so I think Heinlein also says that 90% of the jobs right now in the mili- federal services are non-combat jobs so there's a lot of opportunity yeah. for them to actually, actually it's shown enroll well that if you have to enroll it has to be voluntarily yeah, yeah. that you and if you actually join the army and don't want to serve they're very happy letting yeah, you go yeah. because the whole concept is that if you don't do it by choice you will either end up killing one of your, yeah, you yeah. know... Uh, or you won't do a full, good job. A proper job. So, yeah. all you get is a military discharge, which means you can't join the military again. Yeah. And obviously, because you have not served in military, you can't join... You can't become a citizen. Or, yeah, and yeah. a citizen basically qualifies you yeah. to vote and hold public office. Yeah, Other than yeah. that, everyone is equal. Yeah, yeah so, pretty much. Yeah, so and that's also, like, the description of the MI was also quite good. The military... No, mobile infantry. Mobile infantry. Yeah, mobile yeah. infantry. So, mm. he says that, like, if you look at traditional armies, you needed 90 people to supply yeah, an army yeah, of 10. Yeah, right? Yeah. But the mobile infantry... Like if there are 10,000 people in MIA, yeah. then every single one of them Less will Less bureaucracy fight. is yeah. what he says. Yeah, it's yeah. not like the cook will not fight. Yeah. It's not like yeah. the dog And he compares it to the US yeah. military and right says now. that, yeah, or, or whenever the, the book yeah. was written, yeah. yeah. And that how they are burdened with bureaucracy. Right. And it takes 70,000 people to make 10,000 people combatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the funniest thing is that they even have like a pastor of sorts yeah. <laughs> over there who's, yeah. who's fighting. <laughs> so five minutes for the padre. <laughs> Right before a combat drop. <laughs> yeah, there are uh, actual dialogues between that that yeah, Padre yeah. and the yeah. and our yeah. protagonist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and also like some of the military history examples he cites, they're like quite uh, gruesome. Honestly, I don't know if they were mm. accurate. I didn't get the time to check. Uh, but he says that somebody once like there was a 
trainee cadet of some sort and uh, trainee officer and there are four other officers ahead of him yeah, so yeah. one of them got injured he tried to drag that officer out of the line of fire and got him there and when he came back like his entire unit had been defeated because three other officers had been shot dead and there was no commander and he was the com- acting commander yeah, but he was yeah. out of yeah. uh, i battle. think this must be true yeah it's possible. yeah like you know all those motos about leave no one behind and yeah. all that is yeah. Actually, that that you know, if one of your but this guy was court martialed. Yeah, he was court martialed. Yeah, he yeah. says that his yeah. family couldn't clear his name yeah. for a century and a half. So yeah. I don't know how true it was, but yeah, yeah that sounded very very ruthless. Yeah. To be Have any honest. of you uh, done anything basic like NCC also? No, no. Okay. Only what the school forced us to do. But NCC, National Cadet Corps. No, it was yeah. NCC. I joined it and it had some of these concepts. I mm. remember a little bit of it. I I was there for two years. and some of it is true like our, for whatever it's worth i was in class 7 or 8 and <laughs> our drill sergeant was harsh and you know mm. would force us to do things you wouldn't and you would think mm. it's it's easy to get by like not helping out other of your teammates/cadets mm. mm. but it was enforced that you can't leave them behind you have to right. help them and you know like the word of your superior is like the ultimate word right. and mm. and there was like this whole hierarchy about nation first and mm. then uh, cadet second or whatever your teammate what would you call it your army mate second and then <laughs> comrade comrade ha comrade second and then family third yeah. and then you fourth like yeah. it was some yeah. hierarchy like that yeah. and this is being i i'm guessing taught even today in ncc yeah. and and in, i think uh, this was one of the points why he's put forward that military should be you know the people who actually run the government yeah, he takes because they put the group scientists also yeah. yeah yeah because they put the group before themselves yeah. right like the way they have been trained and the way they have put their lives on the line mm. they have put someone else before themselves yeah. which makes them less selfish yeah, and performing their job yeah there is this whole uh, history lesson or at least one of the things he remembers while in the drill is what his uh, philosophy and history teacher dubois mm. uh, mm. you know taught him about what is the difference between a citizen and a, and a uh, civilian a civilian and a citizen a citizen and a civilian yeah a civilian is a guy uh-huh. who has come after serving his two years no mil- no that's a citizen so that's what citizen is a guy who has uh-huh. come after two years military uh-huh. service so he knows what military Correct. takes and and a uh, civilian who uh, hasn't done it yeah. so what is the difference between that and the whole concept is that a citizen would place a civilian before his own life hmm. whereas a civilian, uh, civilian would won't no so thing. that like these are the things that you learn in military hmm. and that's why you are qualified to hold office yeah. and vote and you know better than civilians and than one of the more interesting parts of that class history and moral whatever philosophy, philosophy is that it was not compulsory it was optional it didn't rank against their school ratings or whatever right so which again goes to show that there's so much freedom in wanting to do whatever you want to do right mm. but this is an option offered to you and it is an option it's not a compulsion yeah and like conscription would be but i never figured out why that dubois really likes rico like yeah, i really could not neither understand neither did i but yeah. i think he was just happy that he got into mi rather than yeah, anything else yeah later when he gets to know yeah, or i guess yeah. he's following his career and he's yeah. very ha- proud and happy that yeah but everybody keeps saying that you know a letter from this decorated officer is actually a very very like rare yeah. thing right. and then you know he finds out that it's a lieutenant true. colonel right. yeah. Yeah. that he is, is not some because some of his yeah. other classmates are also in the army i think yeah. in mi nobody else gets a letter only yeah. this guy gets one he's well, only proud of the guy who yeah. actually joined an infantry versus I, joining the military it's more like the guy who survived because all the others died yeah probably like are mere class ka ek bachcha 
So yeah, uh, that I couldn't figure out. But yeah. anyway, I, let's just put yeah, that down to like affection, <laughs> I guess. Game of Thrones and killing people. So. Yeah, yeah, literally no character development anywhere, right? Because everybody yeah. you care about has died. Died. Yeah. yeah. Except for Dubois, who's like yeah. writing letters from some backwater and of Earth. Probably Zim, who's yeah. like a surprise entry at yeah, the end. Yeah, Zim was developed well. Hmm. Like his thinking and you know his how he cared about his yeah uh, cadets and all that that. his character and obviously rico are the two characters they go into some depth yeah so yeah so anybody wants to talk about the aliens in in this <laughs> or the i mean basically xenophobia that's the, constant right. permeating the yeah they, they didn't even bother to give the aliens a name right yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like the aliens were just called bugs because it had, had like eight legs or something yeah. look like a spider yeah. i'm surprised <laughs> that the planet actually had a name and not just bug planet yeah. so <laughs> But what did they call it? Like there was that planet P, so there was a bug boulevard over there. Yeah, <laughs> <my God. laughs> yeah. and yeah. the bug highway. Yeah, and the <laughs> other one is skinnies. Like they're skinnies because yeah, yeah they're eight foot tall or something, yeah. and, and they are very thin, so call them skinnies. Kind of yeah. like racist descriptions of yeah. these. Yeah, but I guess almost. you know a little detachment from the people you're killing helps the. Yeah. army but, no, but but they could have spent some try time you know at least developing if not a character but mm. at least that race right like what are the bugs all yeah, about because yeah. it seems like they're just equating them to like termites or like a yeah. full bug uh, but again i guess we lose out because this is rico's perspective so we don't really know no that, we know what he knows go into so many details about philosophy i think that's because yeah. he's gone he through even it explain right? how the exoskeleton works and you know how it depressurizes when yeah. he jumps and all that he could have just spent but like half a chapter it. explaining no. <laughs> he's gone through it but he doesn't know the bugs beyond just shooting at them right because no one has told yeah, him so about it yeah so they talk about the brain cast of the bugs yeah. and how that controls others yeah, and the, there's the like the maximum they've gone is this mind, whole yeah. hive mind theory mm. about there's a queen bug Correct. who must be like full of neurons and like mm. fat and can't move and then these uh brain bugs no yeah. those are the brain bugs you're describing yeah, the queen yeah. so is the one that lays the eggs, eggs right yeah. 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 yeah and they keep like uh, laying eggs and yeah. all and they hatch them and like Very every needed. hatched worker yeah. is fully ready yeah. to fight and all of that so this so. one is again treated a little more descriptively in other novels right yeah uh like even uh, ender's well, game ender's game yeah. is a example i was thinking yeah. of mm. like you know the same high mind, mind concept and but all yeah that. the race is described a lot better yeah, yeah and i mean uh, much as i hate the future books in the enders game series uh, at least they go you have mentioned that, that i think yeah. some 78 times <laughs> so on every podcast, podcast yeah. yeah so at the very least like they go into some depth into the like uh, yeah. arachnid species right yeah. they talk about like what drives them and what yeah. they thought yeah. when they were attacking us yeah. and like how basically like they were killing one or two humans but they mm. didn't know that these they are know, yeah. you know these are not like the workers a and truly alien anything. culture so to yeah. speak like with no contact yeah them. but but in this book there is no yeah. such thing you know yeah. like i'm what do the skinnies do exactly i mean and how was I, that alliance they just formed they ally with bugs and i don't know how like yeah why would considering they, that you know yeah. like yeah, uh, they, they just started by assuming they are allies yeah. Yeah. and humans are and then them. you know like the way like humans were, were like allying with them was basically attack their planet and then decimate it more mm. or less but you know like don't kill all of them yeah. the, that, don't kill them but kill yeah. the infrastructure yeah. is what they were doing yeah, and ultimately they which allied. i think we saw in old man's war as well yeah <laughs> 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 that guy giving a lecture <laughs> what was his name bender yeah <laughs> Ender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's this scene right where uh, they go to destroy this planet's infrastructure, and there's this senator 
who's oh, yeah, yeah, he gives a long speech <laughs> about how he knows he can do it better than anybody else <laughs> and he gets mushed yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I mean, is there a movie on an uh, old man no, no not yet no. I, because that report. scene would be nice to see <laughs> yeah there was a report where like the sci-fi channel was supposed to make like a tv show out ah. of it but i don't know if it went anywhere mm. that was in 2014 so i if it's not here till yeah, now I probably doubt never it's coming out coming yeah, yeah. So yeah also i noticed that like the fourth alien species was women <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah they're treated definitely treated like aliens that's yeah. a good one <laughs> so but yeah they are allies yeah, naturally yeah it means they kept cordoned off in their own <laughs> yeah. sections only the commanders get yeah, to yeah i, I made a note he say something like the women walk also differently yeah. everything moves in a different direction <laughs> in all directions yeah in all directions so the weird hell? this whole <laughs> description of women all you could think of yeah. was that when they walk it's different from men and yeah. this is not what they show you know during his schooling years right because that is a mixed class he's yeah. not separate from I the women i guess they show at that point he was not interested and then when he's mm. in the army and he's only between boys yeah. <laughs> he suddenly has this yeah. and this is where also the movie varies a lot because it's a mixed army so oh, dizzy yeah. flores in the book is a guy but in the movie, the movie is a girl is a woman yeah, yeah. So and well are yeah. we discussing the movie now <laughs> <laughs> we well, probably have we, we might, might as well from, go there yeah the pop culture in the movie discussion is very different from the yeah. pop culture the one the thing <laughs> that irritated me to no end in the movie was the news clippings that kept oh, coming yeah. during the movie i'm doing uh, my part and I'm and the last part. sentence was would you like to know more yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah. the guy <laughs> Yeah, yeah that propaganda that yeah, but i like how you say the one thing that irritated me in the movie <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that irritated me in the movie was the movie <laughs> no actually yeah. the interesting bit is this uh, directed by this guy called paul verhoven yeah, yeah yeah and and the weird thing is I, i'm on imdb looking at his uh, you know movies that he has directed and he went from directing robocop then he directed total recall then he did basic instinct mm. <laughs> and then he did starship trooper clearly something somewhere went <laughs> yeah, horribly like, wrong no, basic instinct is not for me <laughs> yeah and and it's another day discussion when we pick up total recall and robocop but basic instinct and starship trooper are like so but i think awful. all those three movies are similar in how cheesy they are total yeah. recall robocop and starship trooper no, are all you know, cheesy for the, for the years they were made in robocop and total recall has some value about what they were doing starship trooper is like I think only conceptually the name and the characters I'd have been taken from the book. Probably just give that credit to RoboCop and not Total Recall. That was a really cheesy movie. Well, there was a woman with three breasts in it. No. <laughs> well, okay. aliens. on Mars, aliens, right? <laughs> yeah, but Total Recall at least the base story was not like totally ruined yeah. because it's picked up from that Philip K. Dick story, right? We can mm. remember it for you wholesale. Yeah. So, but Starship Troopers, I mean, come on, man! Yeah. Like these bugs are sucking out the brains it's from humans. Actually, literally. the opposite of what the book is. It's yeah. more of a propaganda film compared to the book which is more of a recruitment drive with a lot of positives and negatives yeah, around no, it yeah no you know like i saw the film way before i read i read the book actually because we were going to discuss Same it so yeah. i read so i've seen now. the movie well so i read the book and the mm. first chapter goes in so much detail about these exoskeletons and yeah. then i remember there's nothing about the exoskeletons no. in the movie no. and like so like the best part of the books are just left behind yeah. i know it's a lot of moral science but again there's nothing about that yeah. in the movies so the movie is like complete contrast there are a lot of funny the... things in the movies i just saw it yesterday before this podcast and so one time they show this map of the galaxy and they show earth on the left and the kalindatu planet on the extreme right and mm. they say we have to travel millions of light years <laughs> i'm like no 
Why? Why? Because the galaxy is like fifty thousand light years across. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's not necessary. Oh, this Earth. They specifically say it's yeah, Earth, yeah. not Terra. So they show like because they show the wiping out of Buenos Aires, and they show that the asteroid came from Clendatu all the way oh. to Earth. Yeah, and, and that's like, something no. that did not happen in the book. In the book, the bugs physically attacked yeah. Earth. Yeah, Buenos Aires. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so <laughs> and like in the movie, they keep. The the soldiers have no armor to speak mm. of, okay, and yeah. they keep shooting at the bugs and nothing happens. Right, they're so like twenty of them standing in a line shooting at the bug, and the bug is just walking around and like flailing <laughs> its arms. This, this is an R-rated film, right? I think because so. the few things I remember when I saw it, and this film is really like nineties, right? So like one is this whole gross scenes of bugs being killed, right? Like and humans being killed. heads being chopped off oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely split into two and like their intestines coming yeah, out yeah, so that yeah. was something to see yeah. in the 90s and then there was a lot of nudity and the book has nothing of no, that no. sort again i don't think rico's even like touched a girl in the book <laughs> apart from girl. the girl he meets uh, for dinner the one who like makes him buy champagne and stuff oh yeah yeah on sanctuary i think yeah on sanctuary that But weird yeah. planet I don't think Rico's had any other interactions. Yeah. yeah, mostly he starts shaking when he has to like hold a chair out for a woman captain. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think alien species uh, they they were probably yeah. negotiating. I'm not sure why he's like why Heinlein has shown this side of you know the military. It doesn't make a lot of sense going with what he's trying to do with the navy being all women. And the MI being all men, I don't know why they're segregated. Was the navy shown to be all women in the book? Not all women, but many mostly, women because like navy was women. piloting the all the ships. The captain was right? a woman. Oh, okay. The pilot was a woman. So most oh, of the senior is, positions yeah, are women. I keep so. getting confused. It's space navy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no water here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But his inspiration would have been the water navy because my understanding yeah. is that when he joined, he served, all those yeah, battleships were around, correct. right, mm, yeah. in America. So the segregation doesn't make a lot of sense in the book. Maybe I'm missing something. Yeah. Also, I mean, if you've read Forever War, the concept of time dilation and Relativity is like big yet. on it. So right. basically, what happens is once I mean you leave from Earth right mm-hmm. on your ship to fight some other planet, and your information is based on like current information, right? Correct. So you know that the enemy has X level of technology, so you set out to mm. attack them. And by the time you reach there, they could have progressed so much that their technology yeah. would be far beyond what you what you yeah. yourself have. Right. So nothing like this happens here. These yeah. guys just have this thing called a Cherenkov drive, yeah. and they go from planet one to planet two, yeah. and they go there and attack. And the technology weeks, of the right? bugs, they they reach in weeks. weeks. Yeah. 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 So yeah. technology of the bugs has stayed practically the mm, same. Like yeah. nothing has changed. Yeah. No yeah. relativity happening. So even though like it's actually like instant travel more or less, mm, you mm. know, like I still think that re- relativity would apply in some way. Yeah. Considering that you know it's not like they are disappearing from planet one and appearing in planet yeah, two. Yeah, but a lot of books take this For liberty granted, right? yeah. with FTL. Yeah. Where no, no time has passed apart from what has passed for the ship. Yeah, itself. you put a timer, so half an hour is half an hour, right? <laughs> How can half an hour be seven hours? You tell me. No, no. <laughs> no, I'm sure Einstein is turning in his grave right now. <laughs> no, but the book is also like they don't show actual superior intelligence of humans, right? Mm. Like no. it's quite a like yeah. a physical war. The best they have these exoskeletons. Yeah, There's no yeah. real mental mil, uh, military intelligence. Yeah. When they fight the bugs, it's like a real fight with. uh these flame throwers yeah, and these yeah. guns and, and guns, nukes right yeah. like there's no real intelligence which again a lot of other books have covered yeah. like how they actually crack but they do show the that the navy has advanced weapons they just don't want to use the them ad- most advanced like, is like atomic bombs the right? nova bombs that they discuss yeah, they yeah. can destroy a planet and all that's destroy mentioned later planets, but yeah. they don't want to use it they keep saying yeah why, why didn't they use it again because the they wanted to capture the brain bug why like if they can defeat them why would they want to i don't know maybe no, so he has a long winded explanation about that uh, practically boils down to like saying that i mean he goes to the kid analogy again oh. 
that oh you know God. if you can teach the kids if something if you can flog the <laughs> bugs <laughs> why would you want to kill, kill them? them yeah something like that so that's so the same thing between flogging and hanging right? i mean i think he just keeps saying we need to understand who they are we don't understand yeah, but the bugs he doesn't yeah. understand who Women they are also and another thing is that yeah, my guess is that real estate is at a premium rate yeah, so if you destroy yeah. a planet then it's not like another one is going to pop up right Correct. there for you to live on yeah. so yeah but uh, ultimately i still think i mean i'm so glad we stopped talking about the movie <laughs> <laughs> oh we'll go back <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh, by and large i thought you know the book was still i mean addictive Yeah. In, I mean, even though it was fun to read, yeah. definitely. Yeah, once yeah. you realize it's not about <laughs> science fiction yeah, and a lot yeah, of battles, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's a little more philosophy than mm-hmm. uh, fighting, and then it's actually a good book. Yeah. And you can definitely enjoy the book without subscribing to the author's views on you know society mm-hmm. and yeah. what the military. Yeah, because be. you we, you would think we are a little yeah. more liberal, yeah. so you have to see that point of view, and then it's a good argument uh, mm-hmm. or something to discuss, right? Yeah, and the only like thing that was like totally unexplainable to me in the book was that spatial sensor who just appears randomly <laughs> on the <laughs> battlefield. He touches the yeah. ground or something. <laughs> you know how deep it goes. Yeah, and he finds exactly where Buck Boulevard <laughs> is, where Buck Colony is, <laughs> and he's there. F- he's like a, the smallest guest role I've ever seen, <laughs> yeah. with the most important information to come out of yeah. it. Right. How are you supposed to work when all these silly people are jumping around like idiots? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there were worker bugs as well, right? Yeah. Again like treating them as ants or termites. Yeah, right? yeah. More mm. like an ant colony mm. because they keep describing the same logic concept of yeah. yeah, but I really can't understand why there was no diplomacy whatsoever in this yeah. because I, if they can ally I with the skinny I think it was mentioned in passing that they yeah, did respond to us or something. Mm. And I don't know why we're fighting them to be honest. Yeah. It's never shown. Nobody so, knows. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at it as a first person book it's like easy, right? Mm. Yeah. Once you do a first person book you have yeah, yeah, yeah. you can get so away many with things only can't showing be, from his point yeah, of view yeah. so you can get away with you can skip a lot of things. Yeah. Just like the old man's war book was in the first book, right? You didn't know anything. Like I remember we discussed this like where was the diplomacy are kavalji was also with us man what are you saying he was here in spirit pronunciations he was in spirit of the characters yeah now we need to already discuss which is the next book we are going to discuss so that our audience can look forward no, to no no first we have to discuss the starship troopers movie oh no, god no <laughs> the few people who are listening to this podcast will also leave yeah already like i can see a subscriber count falling right in front of my eyes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's another movie by the way uh, starship troopers alien invasion or oh, something there are three like that three more movies i oh looked it up i have yes. not seen them so one is an animated to. movie which is yeah, apparently yeah, yeah. not very good yeah. uh, but it's not very good or at least better than this better than this okay. but not very good and <laughs> uh, it's yeah, the guy who made apple seed i don't know if you've seen oh, that movie okay. so he's involved with that project but clearly i don't know how but yeah, okay. it, it I'll wasn't it wasn't very good so yeah, but this one is kind of hard to adapt into a movie honestly so one of the later Uh, Starship Trooper Invasion, I think, or probably another movie has Jolene Blalock. I don't know if you know her. She's no. from Enterprise, the show. Okay. The Vulcan. I don't know mm. how she ended up in this movie because movie is rated, I think, two point eight on IMDb. <laughs> well, let's just well, say. Well, it's like one point eight <laughs> points more than. Yeah. Just <laughs> like asking, how did you get a bad job in life? <laughs> so <laughs> people who know employment. Gopal Sathe from Gadget Three Sixty team loves this film. So <laughs> yeah. maybe we should have got Gopal. Well, he podcast. thinks that this is a work of great satire or something. One of the best works of satire <laughs> oh, from no. the twentieth century. Uh, but I mean, I think all of us disagree. Uh, yeah. I, let's let's call a bad yeah, movie. I a would accept. Would it you say it is so bad? It's good kind of film. It's not even that. You know, there is no story. There is no yeah. plot. The actors are terrible, like beyond terrible. 
well and that's there like is an understatement. Uh, neil patrick harris. i think the best there is denise richards yeah i don't know what neil patrick harris <laughs> is doing in the movie i really cannot he's understand. like this well he just qualified from doogie house yeah. <laughs> his next role was <laughs> he was still looking for roles and he he does this like full uh, 180 in the movie like initially he's like a very sweet funny guy who does pranks and all and then they show him like he's sending people to the deaths mm. and wearing this you know nazi uniform yeah, when yeah, he comes yeah. on the ship death trooper <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like i ke- i send thousands of people to their deaths every right. day you know and we're like okay then <laughs> yeah hey, that wh- escalated quickly where did quickly. the word troopers come from it's normally related to like star wars troopers like yeah, you know, storm sure. troopers considering <laughs> when the book was written i'm trying to wonder uh, is troopers a word used by uh, yeah paratroopers it is yeah. paratroopers yeah. parachute drops right yeah. so i thing. guess that makes more sense because like these guys drop from right? space uh, they, as well those are troopers. so hmm. yeah these guys also drop from space hmm. so yeah so one thing we haven't discussed is the canine unit of the mobile yeah okay. dog attached <laughs> another yeah. unit that recruited yeah. you know what's the most tragic thing in that was that like uh, they are linked mentally yeah. uh, these yeah. are telepathically linked neo dogs yeah neo dogs which can do much more than just talk so yeah. in the dog world these dogs are geniuses so th- uh, they don't have weapons apart from their teeth yeah i, I think they compare these dogs to like morons, morons <laughs> yeah. like human morons yeah but which then, then he corrects and says that that doesn't mean they're yeah, bad they're, they're just geniuses for dogs dog they're like amazing yeah, yeah and they say that these dogs only have like teeth as weapons and uh, yeah. bombs explosives oh, that yeah. are strapped to them so the first time they go on this planet uh, all Splendor these dogs encounter yeah. all these bugs and they immediately self destruct yeah. which i mean i was like horrified at that part yeah. because you know that means that all these 50 different humans are living in a perennial state of shock yeah, yeah because yeah. they ex- explain that concept yeah, also yeah. that once you are psychologically linked to Bonded. your canine dog yeah. like a dog if, a, if their master dies the dog then has to be put away right yeah, yeah. because down. they can't mm. stand the loss of their master and the yeah. human goes into sort of a com- like coma like 8 week yeah. Uh, reha- uh, rehab yeah rehab program. yeah it takes a long like wait long time to recover i don't in know fact, why they the need people... canine units in the future really considering yeah, really what the know, mobile infantry is doing yeah <laughs> what is the canine unit really doing i don't understand it i don't know i think it was just for like even value. today we use canine units for what detecting bombs yeah. and you know sniffing out drugs yeah, and but all. you would think in the future when you can do like space travel and like, you can go i would have loved to see light speed you can do away with i would dogs. have loved to see a canine unit attacking some skinnies and like tearing them apart mm. that would have at least made sense yeah mm. for the but concept i don't get i think they were totally they useless in the bug war yeah practically i think they all were totally they useless do... regardless because yeah. i so don't see any use some history that the intelligence they got from the bugs could only be applied to lower form of animals like dogs i don't know <laughs> i don't think yeah so. and i also don't understand like how if if there are telepathically inclined humans how they couldn't con- uh, contact the yeah. bugs at all yeah. you know that that should have happened at some point but i guess you know that whole... but i think that psychic part is better in the movie yeah. like if you remember mm-hmm. <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm listening <laughs> very talks to a skunk Yeah. Or is it a weasel? I can't. Oh tell. my god! Yeah, yeah, it's a skunk, and yeah. then he commands the skunk to go like uh, attack his mom's, mom's leg or something. Le- <laughs> well, yeah. I... Oh, funny Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, Doogie out. Before he started <laughs> killing thousands. <laughs> oh, Barney, <laughs> suit up. <laughs> 
so yeah uh, one final concept that we should talk about is that this whole uh, mobile infantry thing is based completely on voluntary recruitment mm. so mm. he uh, goes on this tirade against the conscription the federal service is yeah. voluntary yeah. yeah so he says this whole conscription concept where you draft a soldier without yeah. really the soldier's permission is totally like doomed and mm. it's outdated and yeah. does not work and he says the mi 10000 men in mi all of them can fight because it's all voluntary mm. and they started by saying that we are doing it to save earth or whatever mm. and ultimately it's just you know <laughs> like losing the respect of yeah. his teammates matters uh, it is peace time when he enrolls yeah. i believe so yeah it is i mean mm. it's sort of peace time yeah. and by the time like he's into training and all the war the really war starts begun, so yeah. yeah i mean he says that you know all my te- teammates should be proud of me that's mm. like my primary goal right now yeah. in the mi yeah. I, i can't really let them down and the mi looks after its own etc so right. that theme goes which, in, which is, is again promoting you know army yeah. Yeah. and wars and everything like very group, unlike what i seen anywhere it's promoting a more team like culture yeah so voluntary recruitment i mean i know people sign up for the army but compulsory yeah. voluntary recruitment i don't think i've really seen it anywhere in any no, army no conscription is common in like israel and it was uh, yeah. obviously like south korea has conscription yeah, yeah exactly singapore has but one. yeah uh, singapore and i think us had at in the 50s i i would yeah. believe all small nations have conscription because they don't have enough yeah, yeah so what i'm saying is that yeah. like the exact opposite is happening here right i mm. mean conscription is like uh, pretty much looked down upon so mm. whoever wants to sign up signs up voluntarily right yeah. mm. so Correct. army made of like entirely of voluntary recruits i have not Is seen it, that anywhere mm, yeah. yeah even But, during world war i think most of the yeah. people were drafted But that's it, how right? they, he's played it smartly right yeah. like there's more than just signing up for the army yeah. you also get a franchise and you can you know vote hmm. and become one of the government servants hmm. so there's more than just but i don't fighting. think the rewards were justified like but just to be eligible to vote and hold but if you look at it from the entire society's perspective mm. like there are two classes right there are the citizens and the non citizens it's almost like an elite class exists within this lot right and but they discuss how they haven't shown the benefits of it like if you're an elite this, class yeah, yeah, do you yeah. get treated better at whatever like at clubs yeah. or <laughs> or or any job other yeah. than what federal government that offers that i agree yeah. that he's not detailed yeah. out but i Except think that like morally or some in some way you are superior uh, like they yeah. try explaining that if you have done this yeah. mi or you have joined the army you are morally you understand yeah. life yeah, more than yeah it's just described like an elite civilian. class you know these guys are better than the rest yeah. because I, I and they even, can govern you even the mm. word that you are a citizen if yeah. you do service mm. you know like completely breaking the concept who citizens are yeah yeah and you know a lot of concepts go into that like a democratic society will fail you mm. need a little bit of i know, think that was also of, very well explained i well i sort of agree with it that today again anyone can vote right so they're not really adding any responsibility to the people who are voting like mm. are you voting for something that is beneficial to everyone else yeah. like i think there was in again one of the moral signs was that mm. what is really free yeah, like yeah. it it like that professor uh, dubois he yeah. says something like uh, not all things in the the best things in the world are free mm. it has a price the mm. price could be freedom the price yeah. could be you know uh, some sacrifice and the ultimate sacrifice yeah. is life yeah. itself yeah. and like he goes in this whole triad mm. of uh, what what it any compares it to yeah. the us uh, civil war uh, independence war i believe and he says that whenever when the constitution was written mm. and freedom was put in it it was bought with blood mm. right like yeah. thousands of there, people there died for that to pay for freedom also yeah and like today are you really buying freedom there's with this blood? whole concept of pursuit of happiness also that yeah, someone yeah. drowning in the pacific what <laughs> pursuit of happiness can he have mm. which i don't know is india is there something in the constitution which says I that you have the freedom of uh, fundamental duties is no uh, this pursuit of happiness that 
you, you I don't think we have that particular no. sentence but I guess our constitution is hmm. better go <laughs> india <laughs> <laughs> so but I thought that was another reflection of the fascist theme of uh, like the characters political views in this right because uh, what does fascism say it says that you can't just get all rights for free you have certain duties towards the nation towards mm. the greater good and these are like i mean you could equate it to the fundamental duties that we have in our constitution except that in our constitution is not compulsory mm. fundamental rights are like you can go to the supreme court directly but duties are something that's expected of you yeah. but it's not compulsory to do but it's not completely fascist so as well duties rights versus duties huh. yeah. but it's not completely fascist as well because you know fascist state would work for itself yeah whereas this one is working for its people but really you can no, look at it as like, like a this is the state right? yeah, like humans are like humans one are state. The state no no yeah. what i mean is like when i say it works for the state it means the people in power are working for themselves like yeah. they're enriching themselves rather than enriching the state hmm. but what's happening in the book is reverse they're actually enriching the state Yeah. because those are the kind of people who've been put in power who put other people before themselves yeah so he is kind of glorifying that right yeah, he is yeah. showing That's like a utopian concept of that he's that sort of showing ultimately it never works utopia, out that way because people yeah. are selfish so that's again something he says that there's yeah. still people in the government who are selfish from time to time but it's much better than what was before all right that's all we have for this episode of transition and we will see you with another episode next week as always don't forget to rate us on itunes and follow us on facebook twitter youtube and instagram at gadgets360 and the music for this podcast comes via magnus solai paulson's album pppppp pppp